This is Purple Radio On Demand. Good evening, and welcome back to another amazing Hoosock podcast with me, your one-time host, Cullum, as well as Joseph and Louis. Brilliant. And today we are going to be discussing uh, my week of uh, Hoosock uh, episode selection, which was uh, The Invisible Enemy and uh, a personal favorite of Vincent and the Doctor. Yes. Yeah. <coughs> so uh, let's get into it. Yes. But first of all, spoiler warning. Yes, that Someone is also remembered. very important. Um, yes. Yes. Spoiler warning for both of these episodes. Um, also, this week probably worth giving a content warning given we'll be discussing Vincent and the Doctor, it's likely that we will bring up the subject of suicide. So that's worth being aware of before we go any further. Yes. So just keep that in mind and uh, hope you enjoy our talks, ramblings, and analysis. One of those is true. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so what do we think of The Invisible Enemy? Well, I first watched it during covid now, of course, being the Invisible Enemy is about a virus spreading throughout, like the Doctor's body. It's um, it was quite on the nose when I first watched it, but but I'd say that it is a very very good story, and because of that, I'd probably say it's also a bit timeless as well. You could probably watch it and get ah yeah yeah I understand this like medical uh, uh, medical terminology all the time. It does go into a bit of a medical drama when they actually like hit into the hospital itself because. You just have the uh, doctor. Oh, I'm forgetting his name. Professor Marius. Professor Marius. Um, I, it was a very German-sounding name from a very German-sounding man. Yes. Um, but yeah, he just goes and he's saying, "Oh, brilliant! I am conducting this surgery. What next?" It's it's it's. <laughs> I don't know. It, it reminded me of um, the the Changing Channels episode in Supernatural where they did a Doctor Sexy MD as a joke on. Um, as a joke on Grey's Anatomy, and it literally had the exact same transitions and everything, and it just went perfectly into it. Um, but yeah, no, I I thought it was a great episode personally. I always enjoyed it because I don't know the the special effects. It's as I as I was saying earlier, it's kind of like you're not fully sure what's causing the infection until like the last part. It it does wrap itself together in a bow quite nicely because of does. it. And then, of course, you get the last part, which has one of, I think, the most iconic cliffhangers in Doctor Who. It's certainly one that's always stuck in my mind since I first watched it as a little kid, mm. where you get the swarm of the nucleus growing in the cloning chamber. Mm. And you've just got this giant shrimp thing. <laughs> thing. Mm. Yeah, It's amazing. It's not something I'll be like, oh yeah, this is like the pinnacle of Doctor Who, but I think for what it is, it's quite a bit of fun, it's quite a bit of nice drama, and I think it's just typical of the time. Being that this is a 70s Graham Williams era, uh, you could see that they're trying to shake things up and not be so gothic, be a bit more... Because uh, of course you can tell the hand of Douglas Adams is probably right in the big shrimp thing. Uh, probably. Yeah. And of course, the uh, when we talk about the effects, we also must talk about the uh, the actual design of the infection. Now, uh, being that this is the BBC in the seventies, the way that the infected people uh, are portrayed is via glitter and what was it like eyelash extensions? <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what? You know what? It, yeah. it works. It works. Uh, it, they do what they do, and there's that line. What was it like contact has been 
established yeah yep. all contact has been made mm. uh, and that repeats itself a lot throughout <laughs> throughout the episode mm. would you say you get frustrated by that i mean it's it's like all repeated lines in in classic who it, it it does become funny every single time they say it again after you like after you listen to it like yeah how many nibons have you seen today <laughs> i mean they, 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 they only say like a few times that it's enough that it's repeated and you're saying, yes, this is a funny line now. This Three has I mean, become there, a funny number. There already yeah. is a, a song remix of it on YouTube anyway. So. Exactly. Yeah. That is true. That is a classic yeah. song as well. And of course, it's a virus which only takes hold of people who have a particular kind of logical brain function. I did I did like the fact that it essentially said that Unga Bunga Caveman Brain will save you. <laughs> yes. Leela <laughs> is immune because she works on instinct exactly. and not logic. Which, you know, it's fun. But also, I like that, you know, it doesn't belittle her for not using that kind of academic intelligence in the same way. It sort of, it goes, yes, she doesn't think the same way. She's different. But it still respects her for that. And I like that because it would be very easy to go, oh, it doesn't affect her because... She's, she's a savage. unevolved yeah, she's a savage. savage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Very, but very it doesn't easy. do that. No, no, no. It's It's just, yeah. And I mean, ultimately, she does save the Doctor throughout the entire thing with K9. Now, speaking of the way that uh, the Doctor is actually saved, I remember watching it the first time and thinking, like, that is such an ingenious bit of sci-fi. This is quite amazing. What the Doctor does is he, in the last moments of consciousness, he clones himself and Leela, shrinks them down to go inside his body to try find the virus. Honestly, I was amazed. Like, what, what? I'm not going to say why do we do it more often because <laughs> then it would get uh, very uh, repetitive but yeah like that was such a cool idea oh it's a brilliant idea because it's, it's ve- in all honesty it's very similar to like I don't know I got I got major Tesselector vibes off it because yes, it's Tesselector or Into the Dalek yeah exactly yeah. shrink down and go inside and uh, it, I don't know it, it takes the fight from a physical reality to a Ooh, this is this is weird. This is great. This is weird, though. I enjoy this. Yes, yeah. there is nothing weirder than a human mind, or in this case, a Time Lord mind. And I mean, th- I did love the jump from the left hand side of the brain to the right hand side of the brain. That was a yep. that was a classic. Oh, uh, but also like the special effects, like that was decent CG, especially for the time. Like I've I've seen a lot worse CG in like newer things. Yeah, particularly yeah, even for, now. Particularly for this story, you don't have to get really all out there. There's no massive space battle. There's no, I mean, big fight scenes. There's it's literally like a fight in the corridor. Yeah, that's yeah. literally what it is. And like uh, the nucleus, which is like a big jelly, and it's like moving towards the this big hospital. You don't have to spend loads of money on it, and mm-hmm. it's great that they sent, spend it on the sets. They spend it on like the actors they've got because it it is quite a very good story for what I'd probably say is probably the weakest of the Tom Baker seasons including J&T which I know is a we reached full circle haven't we yeah (laughs) yeah oh that's clever that that was actually very well done you're you're very proud of yourself for that (laughs) well I I already did a state of decay joke in uh, one one of the other podcasts so Mm -hmm. I need to just need to worry escape one now (laughs) Mm. Uh, don't worry it'll come eventually yes but yeah no, and one of the things I always enjo- I enjoyed about it was well, especially on rewatching, was it kept going. There, there are like a ton of different points that the episode could have just stopped, except the writers were like, "No, we can push it out a bit more," and it meant that it all came back to 
the original planet that the infection started on, as opposed to just ending it at the hospital, which they very easily could have done. And everyone would have been happy with it, but they decided to go that bit farther. Yes, and yet they managed to do that without it feeling long and drawn out. No, 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 no. Yeah. And it's only a four-parter as well. That's like standard size for a classic uh, story. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, it was uh, it was very good. I, I, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Plus, I mean, adding K9 in always helps. K9. It is, of course, the first appearance of K9, and we love K9. We do love K9. Yes. You know, he's introduced scanning with his little red his. pointy thing, which I bring up solely as a point to bully Joe because she's not here because she decided to call that an eye stalk which it's very clearly not that's that's an interesting and yeah I don't think I would have ever no. called that but it did give me the wonderful image in my head of exchanging an eye stalk for an eye stalk and giving K9 <laughs> a Dalek eye stalk <laughs> oh that's amazing I can't oh. really imagine uh, was it John Leeson's voice yeah I can't really imagine John Leeson's voice uh, screaming exterminate to a, <laughs> a little dog no, uh, but it is quite nice that we see him in his prime. Mm-hmm. Like this is like you know he wasn't the doctor didn't make him. He just they nicked him nicked him off a nicked yeah, him off guy. nicked yeah. him off yeah another doctor yeah well professor indeed professor Marius yeah but of course you can I think you can see the limitations of the dog you know it's a bit it's a bit slow it doesn't really do much like it's basically your helpful exposition oh can you like you know laser that door uh, dog and he goes yes and like. Yeah, throughout the latter seasons, he does become very immobile. I think is it in Destiny of the Daleks? He has laryngitis, and <laughs> I think so. and like they need to take him all these things. You see all the wiring. He's like and he's coughing and spluttering because you could tell that the people behind the cameras didn't really like him. Yes, mm. and then you know, power of crawl where he can't walk. He can't. <laughs> He can't move oh, so, on sorry, the swamp, mate. so he's just stuck in the TARDIS. <laughs> oh, that's a terrible story, anyway. But yeah, uh, yeah. But you know, in all honesty, the I mean, I was about to say the Dalek. No, K nine. He fits <laughs> in perfectly with the story because, I mean, even even uh, when he gets briefly taken over by the virus itself, uh, it, it just it's it's you know. Uh, I, I actually went and knew exactly what I was doing and I set my stun setting so you'd be fine. <laughs> uh, which I love. Aw. Cute dog. Yes. We love K9. He should come back more. Mm. Well, it's sort of interesting that like the that K9 was was it oh, I can't remember exactly. You've got the one that was given to Sarah Jane mm-hmm. and then yes. there was the one that stayed with Leela and uh, he who must not be named uh, yep. from Invasion <laughs> of Time. Uh, and then the doctor like just gets K nine Mark two smiles at the cap. It's a very it's a very good way to end the story. Like oh yeah, just get just get another one. <laughs> so there was that one, and then there's the that K nine went with who was it? Uh, Romana. R- Romana, Romana in uh, oh, what was that? What was the story? What uh, was that story? I, d- I don't know. Uh, what, 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 Warriors was, Gate was it? Warriors Gate. It, it, it was Warriors Gate. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it was that one, and then it, it's weird. So there are essentially three K nines, you know, hanging around the universe. That should be the anniversary story. The three K nines. The three K nines. Yes. That would be brilliant. Why have we not had a multiple K nine? Oh, how many? How that? many? How many voice them? No, no, no. Don't you don't do not mention uh, a certain spin-off show that happens to have K nine. I don't want to. No, not Sarah Jane Adventures. The the amazing the amazing Australian show is. Is this the one you are <laughs> referring wasn't to? The one I was going for. Go on. I believe. And I haven't listened to it, so I may be wrong, but I believe there are episodes of Gallifrey, or at least one, that includes two versions of K-9. 
Ooh, well, of course, that includes yeah. both Romana and Leela. No. And no I believe way. at Ooh. some point both of their canines exist. That is At so least cool. at some point, I think there are two canines. I don't know how it works. I don't know the story at all. So, how did but one I canine introduce happens. themselves? I don't know. The, the original, you might say. Does he, does he speak <laughs> like that? <laughs> My name is Canine, the original. Yes. So, he would come back in the uh like a future story uh written by Stephen Moffat and be written to completely wrong. Almost I assume certainly. so. Twi- yeah. Twice upon a canine. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> twice upon a canine. Twice upon a canine. Yes. I, I do feel like there could very much be a, a Doctor Who episode that is just all of the uh robot companions that they've had on like one off episodes or possibly continuous so you'd have like gadget gadget. Um <laughs> gadget gadget canine <laughs> Chameleon. Yep. <laughs> this is already cursed. Oh, we, do we uh, love wait, it? Wait, are we talking about handles? Are we including yep, handles? Including yep, handles. yep, yep. Oh, that would be a brilliant episode. Does the Doctor need um, like robot-y friends, or is he fine with flesh and blood? Flesh and stone. Flesh and stone is... Oh. He needs the robot ones. They're all wonderful. Yeah. I'm going to stretch the definition well, slightly. Well, wasn't it? <laughs> Oh, what was it? What was it? Uh, the the master in um, <coughs> Scream of the Shalker. He was a he was robot. also a robot. oh he was also oh, yeah. a robot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow, that that there is potential there for a yeah. story. Oh, imagine if Data was in uh, Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, that that could have been another great crossover episode. But well, I think there, there have been crossover episodes between, between Star Trek and yeah, yeah. yeah. comics. Cyberman and Borg comic. Oh, that sounds great. That sounds great. That sounds. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, getting back on track. Yes, yes, moving back on. Yeah. Nice. Have we covered all of the invisible enemy? Well, if we could see it. If, yeah, exactly. If we could see it, indeed. Yeah. I did like that it could transfer through anything. It wasn't just people. It could be in electronics. It could be. Yes. It's the it's the height of sci-fi. You could tell like there are good people behind the, the scripts thinking okay how can we have a bit of fun with this not just like a general virus because then that'll be just doing the arc where like oh no Dodo's cold made everyone ill <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh god that, that is a uh, I think it's an okay story the arc mm. uh, but this is interesting how it uses a, like sort of like the premise of a virus and goes oh what if it can you know go across uh, different devices and uh, you know you can't really stop it and it's actually a big shrimp when you think about it with yeah. a weird voice with a very weird voice and amazing amazing as a suit could we just talk about the hospital itself because it means that canonically there is a hospital in doctor who that is very good for human patients but whenever there's like a medical malady the doctor doesn't really send them there so do you remember that oh, god awful story the you know the what was it the uh, Amy, the girl who waited, were like, oh no, you mustn't uh, get medicated by the fighting robot things. <laughs> oh god. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm so glad I only watched that once because I don't really watch it again. I, I always thought the ending of that episode was quite tragic. Um, it, it, it is a tragic ending. It is a tragic ending, but like the rest of the episode just isn't up there. But yeah. Yeah. So, like, why doesn't the doctor, like, oh, yeah, what? Oh, don't worry, poor companion. There's this hospital that I visited in season 15. Yeah, let's just go there. Cause there I, I mean, there was also a hospital that he visited with, um, with, uh, Martha? Rose. You love yes, the doctor? In New Earth. In New Earth. As it, uh, that was literally designed to <laughs> cure everything. <laughs> well, you know, this hospital uh, is sort of nice. You know, it's on an asteroid and, um, 
you know, there's a big shrimp just walking around <laughs> every now. So if you're hungry, you know. <laughs> if you're hungry, just eat the nucleus of the swarm. Exactly. Yeah, don't why worry. is that not the conclusion of this episode? Yeah, I, I agree. That would solve oh, world hunger. So, that would be so dark as a story. No, like the, the solution is like the doctor's like standing over this shrimp and says, "You're defeated, shrimp." Uh, yeah, you know what we're gonna do to you? It's dinner time, and like they eat it. It's a filet of fish right there. <laughs> you see, that's that's the reason they made the canine spin-off Australian, so they could put a shrimp, shrimp on, on the body. They if they they create an entire TV show just for that all one for joke. That one joke. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, if he zapped it with his laser, it would be a cooked shrimp then. It would indeed. It, I mean, if he sh- if he's after with his laser in specific spots, he could probably get grill marks on it. So, mm. Mm. yeah, we've uh, we've really exhausted this. Episode. How, how many <laughs> count? How many? The- yeah, count how many times we said the word shrimp in this, uh, this podcast? Prawn uh, does count in this case ooh, as well. Ooh. Does it? I mean, is a prawn a shrimp? Is a shrimp a prawn? Is a rectangle a square? A square or rectangle? Ah, well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, moving on to the second episode of this week, which was Vincent and the Doctor. You just yes, forgot it. Then, <laughs> I was about to say da- I was about to say David and the Doctor for some reason. Who is David? Da- David Van Gogh. David you know. Van Gogh. Oh, I see. His, his brother, clearly, yes, obviously, <laughs> the one who sends the Doctor after you know Vincent. Anyway, what do we think of Vincent and the Doctor? Very, very good. I mean, yeah, very, very good. It, it is a, uh, personally, it is a classic cameo from Bill Nighy. Oh, in that yeah, I, still, I still can't believe it's it. Him, you know, he's there. Was, was he with a bow tie? He yes. was with a bow tie. He's with a bow tie, and he's like, oh, yeah, I love cool. Van Gogh. And like, yeah, that's just his, that's just his entire, uh, his entire role. Mm. Yeah. Everyone needs, like, Bill Nighy just, like, in the background. So, oh, yeah, I love this insert thing you're trying to make at this point in the episode. I mean, his delivery on everything is also brilliant, because it's just oh amazing um but i mean then it's also uh i don't want to say it's a budget saving episode because they have bill nighy but then you also have an invisible creature <laughs> yes <laughs> which is great it does help with the budget so it does help with the budget well, quite a i bit. thought the lodger would be the budget saving episode because you don't have oh yeah yeah. So, yeah. yeah you know there's, there's nothing really alien in that, that but you see. at the same time you also have the cost of james corden especially at the time coming off of like gavin and stacy Yes, in my head that was slightly pre his massive fame, was it not? Was it, it, it was post Gavin and Stacey, but pre States, so fifty-fifty, so somewhere between the two. Exactly, he wasn't no, he wasn't costing nothing, but he mm. was. So we have maybe a, the budget saving episode, possibly. Uh, hang on, why do we do this for low budget week then? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I mean, well, because you, you've you've you, gone goofed, man. Uh, I mean, first of all, can you ever say a Vincent Van Gogh painting is low budget? Period. Oh no, no, they they'll all look lovely. Exactly. So I mean, yeah, that's an interesting way of doing it, though, as like a half budget saving episode per season. That's quite ingenious. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Going back, um, one of my jokes that I always loved in this episode was uh, when Vincent had to draw out the actual creature. And uh, uh, the the doctor shows it up to the creature recognition machine, and it just comes up with turkeys and, <laughs> and geese and everything. And he was like, oh, "Interpretationists." <laughs> yes. Oh, but yeah, great. I mean, and it's also an iconic scene when 
uh, Vincent grabs the doctor in Amy's hands and you just see the sky how he would have seen it which is just yeah. beautiful and everything especially with the music and amazing and yeah it brings a nice resolution to the to the story itself a lot of thought has gone into this story I think mm. that's what it is that you can clearly see that someone is really liking Vince Van Gogh knows his story and I don't I think I don't even know who wrote the story so yeah I do it was Richard Curtis. No way. Wait, oh my it God. was Richard Curtis. It was Richard Curtis. As in as in Richard Curtis, Richard Curtis. As Wait. in Love Actually. As in as in Love Actually, as in founder of Comic Relief. Yeah. Yes. It was that Richard Curtis, I believe. That's that's amazing. Wow. Yes. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. I had no idea. So about you know, that. it does explain in many ways, you know, as the founder of Comic Relief, the mixture in this episode of absolute tragedy and levity that yeah. you get you know it's very much his style yeah very mm. much so wow that is brilliant wow the more you know the exactly. more you know yeah and uh i think it's very good direct well directed as well as a story uh there was a nice uh where did they, did they actually film in um where, where did it come from amsterdam or was it I, I don't think they actually I don't filmed Oh, no, 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 I think I remember it. It was like they filmed in Croatia, maybe? It, maybe. It possibly it could have been Dubrovnik, maybe. which would have made sense. Well, wherever it's filmed, it does suit the time. It yep. looks nice. Um, you do get the feel that this is a sort of place where Van Gogh would be because of all like, the sort of drawings he'd do. Mm-hmm. It, it's well made all round. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, you've got the interactions with Matt Smith. Oh, who's the, who is actually the actor of the incident? I knew his name at one point. Vincent Van Gogh. Not to be confused with his more famous brother, David. Yes, exactly. <laughs> David Van Gogh, the one who, as I said, sent the psychia- uh, psychiatrists to Vincent. Yes. Uh, one second. Uh, Vincent. There we go. So actually look up the guy himself. <laughs> like, David. Yes, David Van Gogh did exist. <laughs> um, no. Uh, it's Tony Curran. I know that name from somewhere. So do I. Uh, oh, yeah, it's Outlocking. I know him from Outlocking. Well, I think no, he was superb. No, like he also anyway, he was looked, he looks he was like amazing. Him. He, he does look like, like him. That, that, yeah, that suits a lot, especially when we talk about other people that we see. So people like Shakespeare, like she looks like Shakespeare. Shakespeare and, yeah. Um, yeah. What was the one that we watched? Oh yeah, Christie. She looks like. Agatha Christie. She does look like Agatha I have Christie. no idea what Agatha Christie actually looks like. So well, I'll take I, your word for I it. I do also feel like I, when Doctor Who has like actually put these characters on screen, they've become like the modern, yeah. like like oh yeah yeah that's naturally how how Agatha Christie looked. That's of course that's how Vincent Van Gogh yeah. looked. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly. Hmm. Yeah. That, would that sort of yeah when you think of historical characters and just think of the Doctor Who interpretation yes. is that you do get in a bit of a quagmire like I yeah, mean every yeah. every yeah. Churchill I think of it's, it's now it's always going to be Ian McNeese with a Dalek yeah yes. that sounds it, 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 100% it's accurate a, it's, a, it's a great Churchill I must say it is to think of um, but I mean in this one they do really yeah. get it right because everything matches the paintings you know not just yeah. Vincent himself but the bar his bedroom yeah. they look exactly like the paintings Exactly. It's, it's impressively, it's an impressive attention to detail. So, if it's like that attention to detail, would you say that this has got a lot of budget in it? Because if you'd be that, like, imagine if this was like Vincent and the Doctor uh, in ni- like 1970s, like, that wouldn't be the highest budget. And no, it wouldn't. But would they put as much attention to detail in? 
Or would Pro- it be like I the mean, city of death where the doctor's I mean, like looking at uh, pictures and go, oh, it's one of the great treasures of the universe. I mean, <laughs> as, as, you, as you said, there is like legitimate love and dedication put into this episode. So I'd say there'd still be the same attention to detail, but I mean, possibly if not the budget, they would have just gone for a very small shot that would have been incredibly accurate or something yeah. like that instead. In, in particular, there's the sunflowers, which... Uh, <laughs> I, I did I did love how they shoehorned the sunflowers and being like, <laughs> yeah. please, please, please paint the sunflowers. <laughs> yeah, um, that, of course, is probably... Is it, would you say is the most iconic of Van Gogh? Or like, okay, who songs top five um, I, I Van mean, Gogh paintings? I mean, I mean, Starry Starry Night has to take say, one. Starry Night's got to be the most one, but then <laughs> then sunflowers sunflowers. Comes close second. And it's specifically sunflowers with four Amy on yes. the jug. And then three would be the church with the monster in it. Yes, I mean, actually, technically, those are two, three, and four because obviously the most iconic one is the exploding TARDIS. Oh yes, sorry, yes. How could we forget this? How could we forget this? Yeah. um... I was just saying about the the sunflowers, like yeah, it sort of hits the staples again, like again because we're doing like you know historical figures. Oh yeah, you can't have um, a Churchill without him smoking a cigar. Uh, you can't do uh, or a V for victory. Uh, a V for victory. Like, you can't do a, a Van Gogh story without uh, sunflowers and something like that. Mm. So d- it, I think it, it is a perfect Doctor Who story because it all has the message, it has the uh, sort of the ideas, the directing, the acting. Mm-hmm. I think all around, and of course you've got the. Uh, the alien as well. Uh, it's just a typ- typical Doctor Who. Yeah, it, it is a typical Doctor typical Who where it it is cool. This thing is trying to kill you, but at the same time, it's a sucker punch at the end where it's like yes. it's it, not it, actually trying. To it's not you. trying to kill you. It, it, it was just it's just blind and thrashing about. Yeah, exactly. It, it it's just scared, and yeah, it's 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 rare that it's not just the doctor that feels sad for it because quite commonly it's it's just the doctor going and saying like how could you do this this is this is such a sad sad thing um uh i forget i forget was it was it about an episode about the moon possibly (laughs) where 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 there was there was something similar um but like there was little remorse for some of the crew in that but it was just everyone was just sad when the actual creature died which is yeah, yeah. it's uh it's a good one but also sorry the creature itself what an amazing idea for like a, an apex predator just being yes. completely invisible on that yes. it's such a great idea it's um, like um how, how would one describe it? An invisible enemy. One might, oh, one might, one might I mean, say. I mean, what, you could probably switch the title one way, but it wouldn't really work for the other. I mean, imagine, you know, the <laughs> Shrimpy McShrimp face is, uh, you know, now it, the, his the, actual the episode, name is Vincent, his actually. Name is Vincent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am Vincent of the Nucleus. Uh, it would be very much a Monty Python sketch of. <laughs> I am, I am just... the Nucleus, but you may call me Vincent. Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, good titles. Anyway, there. Of course, you know you got Day of the Doctor, you got Power of the Doctor, but you also got Vincent. The Doctor. But it's also Someone such else. an iconic title. Like mm. you immediately know what the episode's going to be about. Yeah. The second you say Vincent and the Doctor. But about the Moon one, you also know what that's going to be. Well, well, actually, maybe not. Depending mm. on. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
the the the, the doctor has also done so much stuff on the moon at the same time so <laughs> okay right yeah <laughs> sorry on the on the egg the egg yes uh because i'm just thinking you know the moon base like hey this is 2049 i think it oh no 2069 or, no uh-huh. 20 uh, i'm really showing my my, <laughs> my doctor who love it 2067 no one's talking about that time the moon cracked open no no they're, they're just like you know oh yeah this is the gravitron and all that yeah exactly but yeah no it's a it's a great one i must say i i I always i just love that episode and then the way that as you say vincent links back into the overarching narrative of season five with the final two-parter starting with the um with vincent uh painting out the explosion of the tardis yeah Mm. and of course vincent himself is handled very well you know in there with his with his depression yep. and with eventually his suicide it's really well done yeah. because it it does genuinely address quite how dark some of his life was but also how great some of it was at the exactly. same time like he said himself he has good days and bad days and yeah it's it is up and down it's everywhere and it's more he was able to still I don't know, bounce back and do stuff, regardless of however dark a spot he was able to get into. Yeah, and you know, Stephen Moffat's era has so many of those beautiful lines, and this episode in particular, you know, the line about the piles of good things and bad things Mm. is such a brilliant way of putting that concept Mm. and the idea of of depression and poor mental health, and it, it applies so well and it's it's brilliantly done. Mm. It also it also brings the idea which I love of being able to see the work you do in the future to a whole new level of like he didn't ever think he was going to be something and then he goes and he is an entire section in a museum just devoted to him with a curator that absolutely adores him. I think you could tell that's probably something the Doctor wanted to do like for every person that he met. I mean, look back to the Dickens time. Do you really think that uh, Eccles like, if, you know, time permitting Eccles would be like, hey, come here. Drag him through the TARDIS and say, look, look at this big library full of your books. Everyone, I'm a big fan. Everyone is forced to read A Christmas Carol. Did you see? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. you know, we discussed previously with Unicorn and the Wasp, you know, the original version of that had him doing that with Agatha Christie, Christie as well. Mm. You know, it's it's one of those things which the show does from time to time. Should it, it do work. it more? I mean, I don't know if this will be the question at the mm-hmm. end of the podcast, but should it do it more often? Like, try to get these historical figures that, like, obviously, we might as well jump to the question. As yeah, 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 exactly. Because it's um, because you know, it's, it's w- which historical figure would you show? I knew how it. much their work is appreciated. Could it do it more often? Who, who else could it do it? Is with? it one of those where it would have to be someone that wasn't well regarded at the time? It because would, there are probably exactly. many people who were like, "Oh yeah, we'd love to bring them back to see what their works are like now." But they were probably well known anyway. Yeah. But at the same time, and it's again one or of maybe the see th- how bad them. <laughs> but now. at the same time, it's one of the things I always loved. They don't do it the same way every single time. So for Agatha Christie, they did it with the Unicorn and the Wasp selling three billion copies or whatever yeah. it was in and it just never stops publishing um i don't think they did it with shakespeare as far as no, i, I remember no they did. they did 
Um, and then, I mean, for Vincent, obviously, they brought him to the future. But it's unique for every single person, which yeah. is a, quite a nice touch. So you wouldn't want to, to ruin it by going, like, just finding a random, like, just go on Wikipedia. Oh, look, let's let's make a Doctor Who story about that. Because what if they aren't really well-known at all? Or, like, is it the, I mean, you know, Doctor Who is supposed to be a, a kid show about his science and history. Is the job of a Doctor Who writer to find random historical figures and write about them I, I think I know who they need to do it with they need to do it with the horrible histories cast and show <laughs> the effect of all that they've taught unironically like it is the <laughs> most iconic way that everyone has learned about history I mean yes but they are also still alive <laughs> I can see it yeah I, I, that's why I said like it would have to be someone you know in the past like um because we've already done is it you know, byron and shelly and yep. all them yeah like because the villa of Dodachi. yeah but was that that in itself was just having them there the, and making yeah. a vague reference to frankenstein mm. uh who else, like stoker maybe i think i'd do it with alan turing i was about yeah. to say either turing or uh oppenheimer for me but ah but would that have to be i mean historical figure in general or like historical figure in the arts like that's what i was thinking it, it i wouldn't say it has to be restrictive to the arts because yeah. i mean you could do it with uh nobel after uh, yeah. uh he created dynamite and was like uh, i've kind of destroyed the world <laughs> yeah. um and so on and then you could have something with the doctor bringing him to the future and saying you actually do contribute everything to um to a lot of things but yeah that would be an idea for me. I think that would work less well because, you know, that was the point of him doing it. You know, exactly, yeah, yeah. the Nobel Prizes it created, in order to it compensate a paradox. for that. You know, and that's the important thing is, here, it doesn't actually affect Change what Vincent goes on and yeah. does. You know, you know, it's it's the line about piles of good things and bad things. It does make it better for him that day and it does it does help. But it doesn't fix it it doesn't no. make it okay and it doesn't change it and i think that's that's also important but evidently he saw one of his paintings in there um of the uh, i forget what painting it was and uh, clearly repainted it after he painted over it to show the doctor <laughs> um what the creature looked like yes <laughs> um but yeah no trying to think of any other historical figures but yeah no i, I don't think, think of um yeah. maybe a, a classical musician who like maybe at the time wasn't regarded that well but now is seen as amazing because just because you make some nice music doesn't mean oh yes you will now be in every opera house in this kingdom ah salieri in that, uh, i was thinking about it yeah yeah yeah, I, yeah it's, a, it's a good one in honesty salieri would be a brilliant one to bring in especially because of the impact of amadeus in mm. in the in the whole context of it and my favorite fact about that film is that for the longest time, I genuinely didn't remember his name. I just remember him as the other artist in Amadeus, <laughs> the, the which, artist, which yeah. is literally the point of the film. It's brilliant. Um, surely that would be just Doctor Who copying Amadeus, which, I mean, that's the sort of trap we might go into of just, like, you know, copying other people's ideas of historical figures. And that's why I said that would we eventually run out? Yes. Of, you know, you like, one that like everyone knows, or maybe one that people don't know, but we probably have very big you know impacts on the modern day mm. we're gonna have to run out at some point unless you just went all the way back and you were like leonidas was uh scared um before going into um the battle of thermopylae or something and i don't know the doctor inspired him in something that'd be brilliant ancient greece what a great 
Settling. Uh, oh yeah, the Myth Makers. We've yeah. already done that one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, that one was more sort of trying forcing. <laughs> the Doctor was like forced to come up with an idea. It was like, oh yeah, just do the wooden horse. That'll uh, that'll <laughs> that'll allow us to rescue. Uh, uh, what, what's the companion called? Uh, Vicky. Yeah. Yes, Vicky. <laughs> That was a bit forced in a like, historical way, but are there any other ancient Greek stories that they, they've done or they could possibly do? I'm not sure. I mean, Sarah Jane kind of did the Gorgon. Mid- yeah, the Gorgon. Yeah, but and we've already done a Minotaur with uh, yep. uh, Time Monster and kind of Agador. I mean, also and God Complex. And God Complex and is what God I was Com- about to say. <laughs> hmm. Like. We, that should be a thing, you know, like because Doc, Doctor Who's very good with the mythos, uh, except Underworld. But yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, which was actually in the season of Invisible Enemy. Indeed, uh, indeed. Do we have another question? Question. We do have question. one more question. question. Yes. How would you survive Swarm in the Invisible Enemy? <laughs> oh, I mean, the easy ang- answer is Ungabunga Cave Membrane. Exactly. Yeah. Just. Just. Just, just turn just, off your brain and just, be stupid for just a bit. Go, just, be fine. just bonk everything and then you'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, I do like the doctor's ability to go into a coma for to stop it. That I thought that <laughs> was a brilliant cool. addition for it. Um how would I actually stop <sighs> I mean is it is it is it too soon oh, to I, say I would yeah. stay two meters away from someone who <laughs> repeatedly wash my hands and wear a face yeah. mask? You probably have to say something that like it would go. Oh no, I'm not uh, not infecting you. Yeah, like oh, I love the flux, and then it would be like ah, <laughs> ah no, no, ah, no, no, ah, no, 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 yeah. you're already Don't lost. Want that <laughs> yeah, I still can't believe that's a thing. Like that is a thing in like Doctor Who canon, like. And it was only. Are, are you saying that you love the flux as a thing? No, in no, Doctor no, 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 no. Or the flux itself? I just. I mean, both, maybe. Um, <laughs> I just like. What was it exactly? Like, it was an attempt to do a long multi part story, but mm. it was very bit disjointed. And when you said swarm, I was thinking of the other swarm. Yeah, the other swarm. The yeah. other. Yes. The other swarm. Jesus. What if swarm is. Tectoon? No. Oh, swarm is. Swarm is Tectoon. Oh. What if Swarm was part of Division and defected? What if Swarm was the war Tectaeun? Yeah. Oh. And uh, we, we can just see that we're killing our president with what we're saying right here. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are. No, 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 we're just working with what you you, you give us as a, you know, a premise. You know, you got all this Gallifrey and stuff and you got all the, uh, all the other stuff here, the Shabogans and all that. Yeah, we're really coming together, really coming full circle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> shall we wrap it up? I think we shall. Let's wrap it up in a bow. So, thank you very much for listening to our amazing Husok podcast episode about the invisible enemy and Vincent and the Doctor, not David and the Doctor. No. Um, and ch- uh, keep posted for our next one about. This will be low budget week. We've got uh, Edge of Destruction, Midnight, and uh, hopefully that's it. I think. No, it's not. No, it's not. Detained. No Detained. The class episode. Okay. <laughs> Louis going to walk out before we watch that. Well, so. I was tempted to walk out of before we watched Hellbent. Oh, uh, no. Uh, yeah. I was, I was yeah, like, also, right. we say that because we've recorded these in a random order, but that's not going to be the next one when this comes out. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, look forward I, to my... Uh, yeah, when this comes out, the next one will sorry. actually be uh, The Deadly Assassin. The Deadly Assassin. Okay, yeah. 
Unicorn of the Wasp. Which we've already, <laughs> so talked, we've about. already talked about. <laughs> so all our conversation about um, what we've discussed about Unicorn of the Wasp, you will find out on the next podcast. Time, time is relative. Timey-wimey. Don't worry. Uh, Agatha Christie looks nothing <laughs> like um, she does in the Unicorn and the Wasp, I think. And she only sold But I remember reading copies. someone on the Wikipedia page say that she was chosen because she did look like... like oh, you've, ru- you've ruined it now, Colin. Damn. Anyway... Um, thank you very much for listening and that will be goodbye from me farewell goodbye ciao ciao purple radio podcasts thanks for downloading this purple radio podcast for more great content and to listen live head to purpleradio.co.uk